the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wow. Time flies when you're on the radio. It is now, oh, just coming upon four minutes after nine o'clock. Fourth and final hour of the George Brockler Show. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George. Of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger Show every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 right here on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710-KNUS. So we all know what is happening in Denver. My colleague, my friend Stephen Tubbs would say it's Denver in decay in so many respects. That is very true. And it's very sad. It's truly sad to see the deterioration that is happening in a decaying Denver, Colorado, which is why citizens are concerned and they're speaking up. They're doing their part to play a role in making change, keeping community members informed on issues like the challenge and the tragedy of homelessness, the encampments that we have in Denver and surrounding communities, the crime that is skyrocketing, the drug use and overdoses that are tearing into our communities, the violence that is tearing communities apart. One of these citizen groups that's just trying to keep people informed is called Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver. And I am very pleased to have here in studio for the full hour its co-founder, fresh from Seattle, Washington, which you want to talk about decay, you want to talk about deterioration, Seattle, Washington. He just came back from a visit there. Craig Arfston joins us here on the program. Good morning, Craig, and thanks for coming on KNUS. Good morning, Jimmy. How are you? You know, I'm doing pretty darn well. It is sunny out. We're getting warmer. Wet. Maybe we'll have some melting of snow and ice nice. in Denver, you nice. think? Yeah, Maybe? I hope so. It's about time we get some <laughs> measure of cleanliness on the roads, right? Yeah. So I, I want to welcome you in, and we're going to get to one of the big reasons why I'm having you in studio, which is basically a powerful politician running for mayor is picking on a small group of citizens. We'll get to that coming up a little later. But I want to learn about citizens for safe and clean Denver. I want to talk a little bit about your visit to Seattle and why you were there and what you learned. But before we get to that, what is the organization, the group, Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver, and why did you help co-found it? Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver the you know our purpose and our advocacy is to advocate for safe and clean public spaces for people that live work and play in denver and creating an environment where everyone can flourish and um, you know what we see are the three major concerns are that crime is escalating in denver illegal encampments and the open use of meth and fentanyl and um we're watching Denver be destroyed, and we just want to do something about it. You have shared with me a little bit about businesses that you've gotten in touch with, because when when you have 
the homeless encampments and situations that drug use and so forth that can show up right outside a business or on mm-hmm. a business's property and what have you. Oftentimes, they just don't know who to talk to, what to do to address those kinds of situations. And you gave me a yeah. couple different instances of that. Yeah. Let me give you, I can give you lots of them, but let me give you an example one just the other day. The uh, Denny's at uh, Alameda and I-25. And um, there were several, many actually, tents and RVs and trailers parked out in front of that uh, restaurant. And one of our supporters went over to uh, talk to the manager of the restaurant and when they walked through the front door, the front window was broken. And uh, when the manager came to the front, uh, they had a conversation, and the manager toured them around the uh, Denny's restaurant. And the window was broken by someone that threw a rock through the uh, window. They walked around to the side, and there was a place where uh, a person was sleeping the night before, and there's a campfire up against the building. They walked around the other side of the building and went into the uh, back area where the kitchen was on the outside. And there was three large uh, soot um, areas where a camper had uh, had a fire. Walked around the other side, and there was uh, two people, a woman and a man. Both the, what the man was uh, urinating on the wall, and the woman just finished against the building. So awful environment for, you know, attracting businesses. And uh, the manager of the restaurant for several months previously had been calling um, – you know, uh, uh, three one one and uh, pocket gov, and no no response. And uh, through citizens for safe and clean Denver, we were able to escalate that, and the uh, situation in front of the restaurant was cleaned up pretty quickly. So, when you say members, what is the nature of your group? It's a it's purely a grassroots uh, residents led organization. We advocate for the residents and business owners, small business owners. The reason we came about uh, came about is that uh, you know many of us would call our council person with no response. We'd call the police, and the police are phenomenal. We we totally uh, uh, endorse uh, what they're doing. They're doing hard work, and it's appreciated. Um, but um, you know their hands are tied, and so we just saw no results at all from our calls. They just go into a into a hole. And so our organization is really designed to give residents and small business owners a voice at the table because everybody else had a voice at the table except for residents and business owners. And so we're hoping that changes. Craig Arfston, our guest from Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver, when you say advocate, what are the means? It sounds like you do direct communication to try and put businesses and community members in touch with people they may need help with who could help them with a situation such as uh, the one that you just described a few moments ago um, are there other avenues i know you got a website you got a newsletter that kind of thing yeah sure um i'd say probably the, the best way to answer that question is when we started it, it was just simply walking around neighborhoods in particular the uh, golden triangle area and just taking pictures and sending those to our elected officials and the people responsible for uh, addressing this problem. And uh, we would just uh, blast them with emails. And that was actually pretty pretty effective. And uh, that's where we started. And then we'd walk around neighborhoods handing out flyers of, um, you know, how what you should do if a tent or an encampment shows up in front of your house. Uh, from there, with our website, and the purpose of the website and the newsletter, newsletters is to educate and inform residents and small business owners about, uh, about this problem. Because 
everybody feels like they're in this alone. They don't want they don't know who to talk to. They're afraid to talk to, to anybody about it because they feel like they're going to be shamed. And so our organization actually, you know, in, you know, gives them um, makes them feel that this is OK and they're not in this problem alone. And uh, we get uh, emails um, from the community telling us about certain situations, and uh, we would uh, we would work with them to try and help them. The way that I hear you describe what you're doing is really the truest sense of grassroots. In politics, there's often a discussion of, oh, it's the grassroots activists and this and that. But really, you're talking about a grassroots community group right there working on the streets of Denver or informing community members through means like a newsletter, like your website, and also with direct communications. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. Now, in terms of politics, were you set up as an entity intended to engage in in politics to select candidates and oppose candidates and things like that? Like, was that part of the intention of your organization? No, our intention was to educate and inform residents and small business Mm. owners about the problem. Mm. That's what we did. And as you go down this path, um, it's uh, it took us six months to understand really what's going on in Denver when it comes to the issues. Mm. And uh, it was like drinking from a fire hose. Mm. And uh, quickly we, we realized that there's there's there's, uh, you know, there's the uh, city council and we'd also speak in front of city council. Um, but there's the city council aspect of it and local government, the mayor's office and the director of safety and so forth. But then, the, but then you realize the problem actually goes up to at, to the district attorney level and the legislature. And there's bat. And as we dug into this more, the the uh, we found that a lot of the legislation that's recently been sponsored and passed actually is contributing to the the d- destruction of yeah. Denver. And that's what led us, um, you know, into the situation we're talking about here. But first, I'd like to to thank the uh, previous chief of police of Denver, Chief Pazin, who put together a uh, slideshow that he took out to the community that that talked about the crime in Denver. Denver's number one in, or Colorado's number one in car theft. We're number one in porch piracy. Believe me, I know that. I've had cars stolen three different times. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead, please. But but, uh, Chief Pazin, um, you know, laid out pretty clearly that uh, Denver once was one of the better states when it comes to safety and crime to live in and uh, but in the last uh, several years uh, beginning 2014 and then a lot of stuff took place in 2019 at the legislative level that actually is destroying denver and uh, we put that on our website and um, the uh, and then we highlighted specifically um, you know that leslie harrod who's the a House representative sponsored and got passed a lot of these, a lot of this legislation. So we just educated our and informed our supporter base of what that was. We'll get back to that coming up in the next segment and really drill into this because I think it is uh, an atrocious example of a powerful politician going after a small group of citizens that are simply engaging in free speech and informing the people of Denver on issues. We'll get to that here in a moment. But you just came back literally mm-hmm. overnight, like late last night, midnight one thirty, or last something night. you said. So I appreciate you coming Thank in you. Thank you. this morning, uh, Craig Arfston, our guest. 
but you were in Seattle for a few days. Why were you there? Like, for what purpose were you there? And then how does that tie in with, say, the objectives that you're trying to achieve in informing the public in Denver? Oh, sure. Um, you know, once once you look at the, this is probably homelessness, crime is probably the issue of our time across the nation. Um, you know, you, you see pictures of Seattle, you see pictures of uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland, and uh, it's horrific what's happening. And so really that's the that's that's what we're trying to prevent Denver from becoming. And like I mentioned earlier, our objectives or our three major concerns are increasing crime, illegal encampments, and the open use of meth and fentanyl. So when you begin to look at these these problems, you're looking at other places, you're connecting with uh, people from different locations, and, uh, and that's how we were asked to participate in um, uh, an effort up in Seattle. And the purpose of that was to build a North American uh, coalition um, uh, looking for solutions for homelessness and addiction uh, across the country and, and into Canada. And uh, Michael uh, Schellenberger, who uh, is the author of a book called uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, which I'd encourage everyone to read, uh, you know, lays out the problem. And uh, so Michael and Andrea Suarez from We Heart Seattle um, pulled this group together, and it was the first time we've ever met. It was about 45 people. They were from uh, Harlem. They were from Los Angeles, San Diego, Portland, Seattle, uh, Canada. And so um, it was a phenomenal meeting and uh, or a start. And what was very encouraging is there are solutions there. They're not the solutions Denver's following at the moment, but they – but there are solutions out there, and we should be headed in that direction, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. So, w by the way, since this may be you know relevant in terms of the group and the spending one, how did you finance the trip? Paid for it out of my pocket. Okay. And, and another supporter went along with us, or so, went along with me. So when you're in Seattle and you see the, di the, the situation there, wh what did you learn? What takeaways did you have from your experience that inform what you are doing or want to do moving forward in Denver? Sure. Let me just start out with what happened on Friday. Um, we got there uh, Thursday night, and uh, Andrea Sorez Sor uh, up in uh, Seattle, who heads up uh, We Heart Saddle, Seattle, uh, she organized a, um, uh, a, a trash pickup around an encampment um, in, near the stadiums down by the Salvation Army. And so we spent the first four hours of, uh, you know, basically moving trash from one area of the parking lot into a dumpster to be hauled off. And whether it's true or not, Andrea said we hauled about 10,000 pounds of trash and it was wet and it was dirty and it was awful. And uh, uh, but we're trying to just make an impact any way we can. So that's we that's how we started it out. And, and so what did you learn then about what Denver could become? If it heads in that direction, Craig. Yeah, let me, let me tell you what the direction Denver's headed right now. Yeah. Denver's headed right now in what's called a housing first uh, model. And basically that says that uh, we're going to get uh, the individuals on the street into a free apartment in Denver somewhere. And that's going to be the, um, you know, the solution. And um, that's it. That's what's being done in um, 
Dallas, I think, right? I think that's one in Dallas. Houston is where they have the other one. I might have talked with Mike Kaufman a few weeks yeah. ago about this. But it, anyway, it, go ahead. It's, it's basically the model that is being laid out there across the entire country. Mm-hmm. Housing first. Because the argument is is that uh, to get someone better, they need to be housed. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is is that there's there's there if there's any... Uh, recovery or treatment taking place, it's not taking place. Mm. And the model uh, from Canada that that appears to have a a lot of um, evidence-based, you know, uh, as far as, uh, you know, that it works is uh, recovery communities uh, outside the city. And uh, the reason they work versus the housing first is that addiction is a, uh, a disease of isolation and despair. And when you put someone in a four-by-four room apartment, even if it's free and it may be better than being on the street, it doesn't really address their recovery. And so housing first is not about recovery. And so that was the big one of the big takeaways from, uh, from this week. And they've been doing this for 11 years up there. And uh, tremendous model. So that's something we'll we'll be looking at more and probably headed back up to Canada in about two months for their um, their annual. So you you've learned what not to do. We learned what not to do and what to do. Okay, what to do? What what do you think should be done? The 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 treatment aspect. Yeah. So uh, so what they've created up there is that uh, they're gonna they built one. They'll be coming on. Well, they've been doing it for eleven years. And who's uh, they? The Alberta government, okay, and uh, up in Canada, up right. in Canada, and they're building uh, recovery communities, and those recovery communities um, house about sixty-five to one hundred and twenty-five people, and uh, they work on addiction there and mental illness, and uh, and it's a successful model with uh, tangible results. And that's what we want to see here. We don't want to see how many more buildings we can build or how many more apart, free apartments we can build. We want to see people going into treatment and, re, and into recovery. That's the measurables. And then on the ground in Seattle, that is seems to be the opposite. Oh, it's the opposite <laughs> everywhere in the country. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's... So that's the um, that's a direction that seems like it has. So it sounds like in Seattle, observing and being outside and and direct observations. But, that was what not to do, and then the presentations were here's what's being done successfully in Alberta, correct. et cetera, and what to do. Correct. That's okay. right. And when we were in Seattle, Seattle's similar to uh, to Denver. There's tents on corners. There's uh, 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 people doing uh, f- uh, fentanyl and meth in the in the doorways. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what you were doing in your own dime mm-hmm. is a fact finding expedition to learn about what to do and what not to do, and why things certain things aren't working, like housing first, and what things initiatives are working. And then take it back to Denver to your community to then work with your organization to advocate. Absolutely, we meet with uh, uh, Director of Safety um, on uh, every two weeks. We meet with uh, District Six uh, mm. Police Department every uh, every two weeks. We communicate frequently with uh, with the mayor's office, and uh, we're looking for solutions that work. We're not we this the the current uh, status is it's a it's a whack a mole approach mm-hmm. to. Uh, to addressing the problem, um, it's a voluntary base. There's nothing that um, you know. Uh, there's there's no no person going into uh, treatment and recovery. And to distinguish a little bit, Denver's actually done a lot of good things about uh, this problem. Uh, Denver has enough shelter beds to house every single 
uh, person living out on the streets. And that's an important requirement for the Lyle settlement and uh, Martin versus Boise. And I don't think we're taking advantage of that enough. Mm. But uh, there's enough uh, shelter beds. Craig Arfston is our guest here in studio. He's co-founder of Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver. When we come back, let's dive in. You alluded to it before into the um, Leslie Harrod complaint that went before the clerk of Denver. And we'll get into the specifics there and also some of the just outrageous hypocrisy, if you ask me. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler. You're listening to Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Good question from Big Head Todd and the Monsters as we continue. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler this morning. News Talk 710 KNUS. Our guest in studio, Craig Arston, co-founder of Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver. And look, I don't know that you can get much more cold-blooded than a powerful politician who goes after a small citizens group with... An attorney who has been around the block many, many times, most recently notable for being an attorney for the Lincoln Project, Mario Nicholas. And you bring in a high-dollar, experienced attorney. I don't know what gets paid, but somebody who is a well-known name in the political world in Colorado. Hire him to go after this small group claiming that they violated campaign finance laws, including two specific provisions that we will talk about, and there were results in this complaint last week. But before we get to that, I want to tee it up and let you know a little bit about Denver mayoral candidate Leslie Harrod, whose campaign is the one that's gone after citizens for a safe and clean Denver. Harrod, as I wrote in my column for the Denver Gazette, Middle of last month, Denver's Herod flouts disclosure, faces huge fine. I was the first to report on this. She was fined in penalties $15,200 by the Colorado Secretary of State for not filing in a timely fashion. I'm talking 10 months. Her personal financial disclosures for her run, most recent run, for the state house. She's been a longtime state representative in Colorado and is on her fourth term, if I'm right, fourth term, I believe, of office. And for 10 months with eight different notices that came in, was told, hey, you haven't filed your personal financial disclosure. Ultimately, fine of $15,200 was assessed. But last week, the secretary of state said, we're going to waive that down to $50 after they put in for a waiver request. Now, this group, Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver, was fined last week $250 for not putting in a disclaimer properly on there. Well, we'll talk about it. Craig Arfston is here in studio. So I wanted to get that background a little bit so we can understand what Leslie Harrod has been able to do and what Leslie Harrod has been found guilty of by the Secretary of State, was penalized for in the, in the five figures, and then ends up with a two-figure fine. So let's take a step back. We talked about your organization and what your intent is. You ended up making some 
communications that were against Leslie Harrod in her bid for mayor. Tell me about that before we get to the complaints and so forth. Okay, sure. Um, we've we've been around for since July of uh, 2021. So uh, our primary uh, focus with uh, Citizens for Safe and Clean Denver is to educate and, and inform uh, you know residents and small business owners about our concerns and. Um, and so that's primarily what we've done. We've had 28 newsletters and email blasts to our supporters. And um, in in September this year, we learned that uh, Leslie Harrod is uh, running for mayor of Denver. And uh, we looked at her track record in the House where she sponsored and um, uh, and got passed legislation that, in our opinion, is bad for Denver. Uh, the one in particular, uh, I believe it's 1263, is, um, you know, based, the defelonization of uh, meth and fentanyl, cocaine, heroin. And, uh, you know, the defelonization sounds great, but what happens is that becomes a misdemeanor. And, uh, and so all of a sudden there's no enforcement of that on the streets of Denver. So you walk down 16th Street Mall, you walk down South Broadway, and you see drug use all over the place. And we don't think that's good for Denver. And so uh, we brought that to the attention of our supporters. How? Through what vehicle? Yeah. What means? Our newsletters. Okay. And uh, at first, we the first newsletter we had was uh, uh, taking, like I mentioned earlier, Chief Pazin's uh, overview of um, you know crime in Denver and how bad it's gotten in the last couple of years. And, uh, and we looked at that, and we looked at legislation that had been passed, and there's a direct correlation between the legislations and the increasing crime. And, uh, and so we had a complete newsletter on, you know, uh, that correlation and who the legislatures were that had sponsored and had bills passed. Sure. And, um, and so um, we then Leslie announced that she was basically running for reelection. And then sh- she was also running for uh, mayor at the same time. And uh, we said we just. Which, need- by the way, is of dubious leg- legality. There have been a lot of questions about. But nobody's challenged it uh, legally. But whether or not, because under Colorado law, you're not supposed to run for two offices at the same time. But they were like, well, one race was state house this last year of 2022. The other race is Denver for mayor. So, though, it's just a technicality anyway. Right. And so, um, you know, we wanted to bring that to the attention of our supporters that uh, Leslie would not be a good mayor for Denver. And so on our website, we said we're not voting for Denver do not vote for for Leslie you on our for website her for mayor for, for her for mayor. for mayor correct and uh, and so then a couple two weeks later we get a, a complaint from the campaign finance both the state and the and the uh, local level and uh, and Leslie was uh, filed a complaint against us for not having a disclaimer whenever we say but, but before, okay. before we get to that sure. I just want to take a step back newsletter. How many newsletters did you put out that mentioned Leslie Harrod in uh, we a run one, for mayor? One you had newsletter. one newsletter, right? And was it one, two pages on the website? A couple? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think it was. Uh, there was four instances that when we had our hearing, okay. that they referred specifically to basically four sentences. And your newsletter. How many people have you had on your list? Oh, um, actually, we probably that's. We started with Leslie because she was... No, no, I mean, I, excuse me. I mean, yeah. how many people are receiving your newsletter? 
recipient list? Well, our goal there, I mean, right now, it probably goes out to about 1,000 people. Okay. And our goal with Citizens for a Safe and Clean Denver is to get that number up to 100,000. But we're talking a newsletter to somewhere on the order of 1,000 people or so. It's just important to, to understand. So, okay. Then you get this complaint that lodges two different uh, accusations. One, you didn't have a disclaimer. And two... You sh- you were engaging in illegal independent expenditures. Well, it, that, those are the allegations. That's, right? that's the allegation. Um, the the, uh, the tar- we can we can take them in stride, like yeah. starting with the disclaimer, because yeah. you were starting to get onto the disclaimer one. Sure. So go ahead. Yeah. So the disclaimer is um, that you know it's not it's not uh, wrong to say that we're not going to vote for Leslie. It's wrong that we did not have a disclaimer. And uh, this disclaimer basically said it's paid for by citizens for a safe and clean Denver, and we're not uh, associated with any campaign. Basically, that's what the disclaimer says. And uh, we're in agreement that, uh, you know, if that's what we should do, that's what we're going to do. We called the um, the the uh, campaign finance department after we got the uh, complaint, and we asked them what should we do to stay in compliance? And they told us, and we're okay with that. So that's really a pretty minor issue. And But that was one instance where uh, after you went through a hearing process, so which was four and a half four and hours? Half hour, right? Four and a half hours. It was just like a, a legal trial. We had, uh, uh, it was myself against uh, Leslie's uh, attorney. Mario Nicholas. Yeah. Mario Nicholas. And um, the uh, like I said, it lasted four and a half hours. Uh, they had opening remarks. They had uh, called witnesses, um, and uh, it was just like being in a, on a trial in a trial. So, in terms of the disclaimer, that's where you're fined two hundred fifty dollars. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, and when you found out that you needed to have a disclaimer, what did you do? Uh, we immediately put a disclaimer on. Okay. So it's. It, but re- in reading the documents, it looks like you conferred with the um with the city first to find out was your language the kind of language that qualified correct that's exactly what we did okay now then let's get to the idea of the independent expenditures that Mm -hmm. you were making spending that was not in compliance with the law because you were going after uh, by the allegations going after a particular candidate Talk to me about that one, because that's where you got no penalty whatsoever. And I'll get to some language in the sure. ruling on that. But go ahead. Yeah, we, we've been in we've been around since, like I said, July of 2021. And during that period of time, we probably spent a thousand dollars total because we do all the work ourselves. I mean, we have we have constant contact. We have a website. Um, we put content out there, but that's all volunteers doing that work. And uh, so we haven't spent any money, really any money at all. Um, the, um, um, the definition, when we looked at the definition of independent expenditures, we feel like we spent no money on independent expenditures. Um, and then the, uh, so the question was, how do you define independent expenditures, and have you spent that money? And there's also a $1,000 threshold. So this is a non-issue if you spent less than $1,000, which is what we've done. We have not spent $1,000. So when you when you talk about the money, where was it going towards, basically, in terms of your costs? Pretty simple. It's website and uh, constant contact. 
Which is the vehicle for the newsletter. Right. And the hearing officer referred to that as organizing costs, which makes sense. So when we're talking about independent expenditures, that really is a group that is spending on political advertising or political campaign messaging that is separate from a candidate. So that would be if you have any type of like an independent expenditure committee that is formed to then go engage in political spending that is not coordinated with another campaign. And clearly the hearing officer and the the folks in the clerk's office determined that Safe and Clean Denver does not fall under that independent expenditure. And I'll read a portion from the decision rendered just last week saying SCD, that's your group, Mm -hmm. um, Safe and Clean Denver, is a grassroots organization sustained on about $90 a month, largely on in-kind contributions from its president. The donate link produced a total of $81.52 over three months after SCD entered the election advocacy sphere. SCD is the antithesis of a dark money group, putting dark money in quotes, that shields huge amounts of money in election communications behind a deceptive name. And yet to the extent that the organization seeks to influence the election of city candidates or ballot measures, it must do so with a thorough understanding of the disclosures required by the Denver's campaign finance regulations. But then it goes on to say you need to have the disclaimer But then, taking all evidence into consideration and safe and clean Denver's expressed willingness to comply with the disclaimer requirement in the future, I hereby assess a fine of $250 for the failure of SCD to include the correct disclaimer on the election communications. And that's it. That's all that here is provided. It specifically then says, complainant has failed, that would be Herod and her attorney, has failed to prove a violation of the reporting requirement under the statute, so that count, that count of the complaint is dismissed. Mm-hmm. You're not a dark money group, which Herod claimed in communications about your group, and you didn't violate the requirement, they say, for that. Correct. Yeah. And... Um, now you have the fine for the disclose the, the disclaimer, but there you go. I want to find to ask you her fine for not filing a personal financial disclosure for her race for state house in her fourth campaign was fifty dollars. It was brought down same week you got fined two fifty for your group. Hers was brought down from fifteen thousand two hundred dollars to fifty dollars and now if you look at her mayoral race you've raised about a thousand dollars for scd and her campaign has raised one hundred fifty seven thousand five hundred ninety two dollars in taxpayer funds through the fair elections fund and 200 this is for mayor the campaign two hundred seventeen thousand eight hundred fifty three dollars for her campaign for mayor through contributions and has spent over one hundred sixty thousand dollars so far in expenditures. With that in mind, how do you assess the fact that they went after you, her campaign, for mayor, and then, of course, you get penalized for something you you sure. understand you need to do now? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think uh, that uh, Leslie Herod basically bullied a uh, resident, a uh, citizen's group that's uh, very concerned about the direction of Denver, you know, illegal encampments, um, you know, open drug use and uh, crime in Denver. And, um, we, you know, we'd love to have Leslie working toward a better Denver, but she doesn't have a track record of that. And we, we want Denver to be a great place. We love living in Denver. We, we, we want to keep it that way. 
And, um, you know, a lot of the reason I think she went after us and attacked us is that, um, you know, she wanted to silence and intimidate our organization. You know, most people would roll over and say, okay, you know, we give up. But uh, that's not what we did. And um, um, and so that's, you know, so, yeah, no, she went after us and it was totally uncalled for. Do you remember what amount of money they suggested you should be fined? Oh, my gosh. I believe it was uh, something like $50 a day for a couple months. And we did the math, and I think the number came up to like $1,500. And that's more than you've spent. That's more than we spent. That's more than, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you just, this is absurd. And she went 10 months in her state house campaign without filing a personal financial disclosure at $50 a day, $15,200. She said, please waive it entirely or at least waive it for $50. And she got the $50 waive. Yeah. The other thing there is that uh, she claims that she'd never done this before. This is the second mm. fine yes. she's been assessed. That's true. And mm-hmm. uh, in, in her, um, what is it, uh, request for um, you know a lower fine this time. Right. She said that, well, they hadn't had one in 24 months. Well, that may be technically true, but uh, she's had another one in the past. Right. So she knows how to play this game. She went after us just for yeah. to be vindictive and find out who we are as an yeah. organization. I, I, look, I'm, I'm glad that you stood up, Craig Arfston. Most groups, especially small citizens groups, like you're not we, – we, we, we talked before. Um, and I got some background info and so forth. And you're clearly very novice to the world of politics. Absolutely. And I mean that in the in the best kind, uh, best Thank kind you. of way. And that's exactly what we want more of, right? In our communities, is people who are just concerned about what's happening to their neighbors and their their small businesses that they're connected with, and want to do something about it. We want to make a difference, and we're not going to be intimidated. Mm. Craig Arfston, co-founder of Citizens for a Safe. And clean Denver. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with you and we'll wrap up on the other side. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler, News Talk 710 KNUS. Here we are, one of the greatest harmonica players around, John Popper and Blues Traveler. Here's the hook. We've got a citizens group that has been maligned, gone after using the government by a powerful politician in Denver mayoral candidate Leslie Harrod. But they stood up and said, we are not going to cower and cave here. Instead, we are going to make our case. And come what may, we talked about the consequence from not having a disclaimer and so forth. But Craig Arfston is joining us here in studio. He's co-founder of Citizens for a safe and secure, uh, safe and clean Denver. Safeandcleandenver.com is the website. And so, Craig, from your experience that we just detailed in the last segment, what advice would you have for any other grassroots citizens groups that are getting underway or that have been in existence, you know, and, and uh, may or may not have encountered the kinds of difficulties that you have? Sure. Well, first, I'd like to thank Leslie Harrod, because without her complaint, I wouldn't be sitting here today and uh, getting our word out, because uh, I would encourage anybody that has an interest in uh, keeping Denver a great place to live and uh, that we all love to be here, uh, that uh, you go to www.safeandcleandenver.com and uh, help us get our numbers up. 
and I'd encourage business, small business owners because uh, we're trying to help them too. And I've got some horrific stories sometime to share with everybody. Check out our newsletter, and you'll see some of those. So then advice for citizens groups. Yeah. What would advice you for citizens groups is get involved. Um, you know, we got together at the very beginning off of Nextdoor. There was five of us on Nextdoor, and we were talking about uh, some encampments on Nextdoor and immediately went to WhatsApp. And I've never seen an organization come together as quickly as we have. So I would encourage you to uh, – to just get involved, and uh, that's the big thing. It took us uh, six months drinking from a fire hose to understand the situation in Denver, but now we understand what's going on. We know what needs to happen. We're getting involved at a national level, and we're bringing the voice to the residents and small business Mm -hmm. owners. And I would say don't be intimidated. Absolutely. As well. And this is a great example of that. We could have easily been intimidated, but we we weren't. Yeah. Uh, Craig, what's a final word? We've got a couple minutes left. You were just in Seattle, as we talked about in the beginning, and got to observe the mess that's going on there. We're seeing what's happening in Denver now. What more do you want to share before we have to run? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to share. But the one thing I'd like to bring to everybody's attention is that there's a uh, gentleman that's uh, going around the country right now, Sam Rivera. And Sam Rivera is uh, promoting safe injection sites or uns- or supervised safe injection sites, and what that is is to bring is to bring uh, people addicted to meth, fentanyl into a um, you know building office setting, and uh, let them do drugs um, you know in that setting, and um, and across the street from them are drug dealers and uh, people selling the drugs to them. And that is just not a good situation or a good recipe. That's that's bad. And uh, and so this gentleman will be speaking to, I'm sure, Governor Polis, our city council, the mayor. And they'll be he'll be talking about all the great things. So he's about, coming to Colorado. He'll come to, he'll come to Colorado, come to Oregon. He'll come to every state that has a possibility of setting up one of these sites. And he'll try to convince our elected officials that that's a good thing. And uh, that is an awful thing. And that should not happen. And, and, of course, this station knows that all too well. Our own Stephen Tubbs, Peter Boyles, Mark Crowley, you just met Mark, uh, went to Seattle a few years ago and saw their circumstance of safe injection sites and just the disaster, came back here and helped lead the charge, along with the listeners on KNUS, to thwart an effort for safe injection sites back then. Yeah. Denver should be welcoming businesses, should be welcoming conventions, should be welcoming tourists, should be welcoming people to come to this great state. We should not be welcoming safe injection sites or supervised injection sites because those are not recovery, and harm reduction is not recovery, and Housing First is not recovery. And what Denver needs is a plan that Alberta has laid out uh, to focus on increasing the number of people in recovery rather than the number of apartments that we're going to give away. Well, we have a listener text. This is a fantastic hour of radio. So I can't thank you enough for coming on in here. Craig Arvston, safeandcleandenver.com, for helping to bring a great hour of radio today. A best of luck to you and your organization. We'll keep in touch. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and if you ever have anything that you notice, you discover, want to, you've got a vehicle here on KNUS to, to spread the word. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Once again, Craig Garfston joining us. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You got Deborah Flores show and Stefan Tubbs coming up later this afternoon, starting at 3 and then 4 p.m. 
Have a great week. Stay warm. Hope the snow and ice melt. God bless America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 